Today on 10-Minute Food Truck Training, we answer the big question, how much food do you bring to an event? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my name is Bill Moore, founder of FoodTruckTraining.group, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. Today, we wrap up event week, and we're going to explain how to have enough food on site for those big events. Earlier in the week, we talked about figuring your fair share of sales potential from all the attendees of a particular event. In our example, it was a 27-hour event with a historically verifiable 100,000 people in attendance. We took 22% of that number, as people that would eat something from somebody, which would be about 22,000 hungry people. And we said that we would be attending an event with a total of 20 food vendors. So we divide up those hungry people by 20, leaving each of us to get 1,100 people to feed during the event. So now we got to figure out how much food to bring. First thing I'm going to recommend, thin down your menu. If you've never ever applied the KISS method, and you know what the KISS method is, that is keep it simple, silly, if you've never ever done that in your life, now's the time to do it. If you sell 10 varieties of hot dogs or eight different hamburgers, drop yourself down to two of each. Drop all the extraneous condiments. Get rid of all the toppings. If you sell five different proteins and five different side items, you're going to hate all 27 hours you're open. First, the order taking process is going to be extremely slow and people in your line will just leave because there's going to be other vendors that will be much, much faster. Second, the storage space on your trailer will suddenly evaporate and it'll seem like you have a thimble rather than a full trailer to work out of. You will run out of several things. You will end up with only two or three things to sell anyway. So just start with two or three things to sell in the first place. You cannot offer all things to all people, so get that out of your mind. Don't even bother trying. Sell your most popular things. Sell your easiest things to assemble and make quickly. For our example, we're going to just talk about the all-American menu of burgers, hot dogs, fries, chips, drinks, and some type of prepackaged dessert. Keep it simple. For 1,100 people each getting a canned soda, that means you need 32 cases, and each case has to be the 35 packs that Sam's Club sells. 32 cases. Think about the space that takes up. How high do you think you can stack 32 cases of soda and then still be able to drive safely with that much food stack? And that's just soda. And sodas are relatively simple. So half of the 1100 get a burger. And your cases are packed 40 patties to a case. That means you need 28 cases of burgers. Now, will your freezer hold 28 cases? And you can do the math for the hot dogs. You can do the math for the cases of cheese. All of those cases take up space. And they take up a lot of space when you start stacking them together. So each of case that we order takes up cubic space. And what that is, is it has a length, a width, but it also has a height. So if we look at our average food truck, let's say we have an 18 foot long food truck on the interior, that's eight feet wide on the interior, and it has a seven foot tall ceiling. That means we have exactly 1,008 
cubic feet of storage space. Now, it sounds like a lot until you realize that a lot of the space is taken up by your walkway. It's taken up by your equipment. So let's say you have a really skinny walkway and it's only two feet wide. So that means it takes up 252 cubic feet. That leaves you 756 for your equipment and your supplies. Realistically, a food truck has no more than 40% of its cubic space left for storage and more than likely it's way less than that so we're already running out of space the 32 cases of soda that i mentioned take up 18 cubic feet that's a lot of space and that's just the drinks we haven't talked about chips a case of chips because of the air space in between all the chips takes up a lot of space i mean a lot of space cases of fries take up a lot of space but everything that has air mixed in with it, like fries or chips, take up a lot of space. So I know all this math gibberish equals a choice. We either figure out how to shop daily so we can resupply, or we have to rent or purchase, if we're gonna do lots of events, a support vehicle to stock all the additional food. Many full-time owners that have several trailers or food trucks in operation actually own support vehicles and they could even be refrigerated support vehicles because you can divide a refrigerated support vehicle into refrigerated and dry space if you need to and they will run that support vehicle and park it somewhere near the event or in the actual event and then be running food back and forth to where they do the food preparation so being able to serve your fair share of guests that 1100 people we've been talking about all week means you have to honestly answer these questions. Can I actually push out that much food in the time frame? Can I store that much food or be able to shop for additional food without it hurting my speed of service? Because remember, if you impact your speed of service, now you're not able to take care of that number we've been talking about because you'd have to send an employee away to do the shopping or do the restocking and now you have one less person on the truck to move out all the orders that you're taking. Can I afford to even buy that much food at one time? If the event is a bust, let's say it's bad weather, bad attendance, where am I gonna store that food after the event? Because if you rent a truck and the event doesn't empty that truck out for you, where are you putting all that food? And then how much of the food that I buy is gonna be date-driven, meaning that it's perishable and I can't freeze it, like lettuce, for instance, or onions. Onions might last you two or three weeks without going bad, but your lettuce is going to go bad in a couple of days. To give an example, my very first event, the very first time that I, actually it was my very first day open, technically. The very first thing was a Trash or Treasure event where the community got together, got a whole bunch of donations from people, and basically created a huge yard sale, and all the money was going to go to charity. That particular event was held in a National Guard armory, so we didn't have to worry about weather. People could still come and shop inside the National Guard armory. And the National Guard armory was set up with a NBA-sized gymnasium, so we had all kinds of space for people to mill around and look at the different things. The event was going to be three hours, and we had about 300 people that attended the event between people that were shopping and people that were working to support the event. So I had a potential of 300 people. So all of my sales would have to come from that 300 people because the armory was located in a residential area, a mostly residential area, so there were no other businesses. There were no other reason for people to be at the National Guard Armory than for that event. On one side of the National Guard Armory was nothing but residential. Behind the National Guard Armory was a couple of industry-type buildings but they were closed because it was Saturday, 
so they weren't even in operation, so there were no workers to feed from there. And then on the other side, there was a um, junior high school, and it was closed because it was Saturday. So there was no way I was getting anybody else to eat other than the 300 people that attended that event. It was only a three-hour event, as I said, so chances are they may not all have eaten. We ended up doing $425 that day. Now, I know that's really not impressive because a lot of you people are probably thinking, well, I can do that in an hour. And you're right, you probably can. Except this was 1981, and we sold $1 hot dogs. 50 cent drinks, and 50 cent potato chips. So that translates into a whole bunch of guests. For the three hours that we were open, we averaged 70 guests an hour. And we had food left over. So imagine if my average check was a modern $9 for a hot dog combo. Now the sales become impressive. So everything is relative. The key points on the math for knowing how much food to take, and we've been talking about this all week, you got to verify that historical attendance. you got to assume less than one-third of those people are going to eat something from somebody. And you can figure less than one-third of the people like I did in all the examples all this week. Remember, I only took 22% of the people eating. Divide that number by the number of vendors to see what your potential is. And then divide that potential number of guests by the number of hours you're going to be there. And if your speed of service can handle that number of people, then it's up to you to make sure that you get that number of people coming to your particular location in that event by doing the things that I mentioned yesterday. And if you feel that you can handle that amount, then you got to thin that menu down so you can actually serve all those people. And then you work out how many of each item you could possibly sell. So if you're looking at doing just burgers and hot dogs, like I started the example with, you figure half the people eat a hamburger, half the people eat a hot dog. You figure everybody's having a chip, I'm sorry, everybody's having a drink, and then probably 70% are going to order fries, and the other 30% will order chips, and perhaps both. The idea is you have to pick a number and start somewhere, and it has to be a number that fits in with what you've been talking about and figuring this whole time. So for us, we had to feed we think we can feed 1,100 people. So our numbers need to be about 1,100. Because remember, 1,100, if we actually do serve 1,100 people, we said was going to be $22,000 in sales. We're excited. Worst case scenario is we run out and we had to send somebody out to go buy more food. We should have a plan to be able to figure where we're going to get more food. That's not a bad problem to have, unless it happens Friday night and you sell out everything you bought for a whole weekend in one night. That's happened before to me, so it could happen to you. The question is, where do I get more food the next day so I can reopen? So pick a number and work the numbers and work the details. Start with the attendance. Go to what you can reasonably expect people to eat. Then what can you reasonably expect being divided evenly among all the vendors? Then look at, can you actually handle that number of people per hour? And if you're able to say yes to all of that and have a number, you take that number you've divided and work it out into the number of menu items you're going to sell and use that as your basis. I know it seems like a lot of information and most of this week's episodes probably were over 10 minutes long by the time I edit them, but events are such a big deal. Events create your profitability for your future, before you can set money aside. Operating day-to-day is awesome, and that's where you, again, get the practice to handle big events, and that sets your security up because you have people that will follow you and be loyal guests and come support you, you know, one, two, three times a week, and that's awesome. That's your security. Your profit and your retirement and your future are in events, and you have to be able to handle those events. 
and you have to look at events through the lens of what can I handle. doesn't matter how many people attend, it's what you can handle. And don't think that you can serve all 100,000 people, because you can't. I hope you guys are enjoying our little chats. If you are, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking that support button. If you'd rather do a one-time donation, by all means, I'll have a link in the description to give you that opportunity. If you haven't already joined our Facebook group, it's called Food Truck Training. I'm going to ask you, what are you waiting on? Because it's an awesome group. There's a bunch of positive, like-minded people that are there to help you succeed. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new topic, and you guys stay profitable.